0: Oh, man, I just lost a chunk of my nest egg in the market whipsaw. Oh, sorry to hear that. Looks like I'll be wearing a yellow apron well into my 70s. Welcome to wall... Hey, don't get down. Get educated. Listen to the Total Financial Hour with host Air of Sundays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. What did you learn? How not to go backwards with the market, my friend, and have the opportunity to move forward with market growth. That's exactly what I need. So learn about your financial power with the
1: Total Financial Hour, Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on am 870. The answer.
0: Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, Total Financial Hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. My name is Arif Halaby. The Total Financial Hour. Right here on your place for news, talking information. I'm going to give you the phone number so we can start off right away. 99 retire. I'd like to give you the eight hundred number because you can get it anywhere. 99 retire. That's 888-997-3847. Okay. As we continue with the show this morning, we're going to talk about a few different things that I think are kind of. Uh, I guess you got to understand them from an importance of uh, from a historical importance. First. Do we think Social Security is going to change with the potential new incoming administration? I don't know. If we take a look at President Obama's uh, tenure, he only raised Social Security payments once. And I think he raised Medicare uh, premiums almost exactly the same. So it came in the front door, went out the back door, and you really netted uh, less money by the time you added cost of living, uh, inflation, and other things. So kind of be careful if you think that you know, you've got a pay raise coming down the pipe. But the other part of this that's really important is the personal responsibility. Now, most of us know you're supposed to save for a rainy day. Most of us know you're supposed to, at least we tell our kids anyway, keep at least a half a tank of gas in your car at any one time. And part of the problem in the process is you have to know that you are not going to, oh, spend your very last penny. You keep a little extra money in your pocket. You keep a little extra money at home. You go, well, this should be, um, I, I guess, advice you always have through retirement, your working years, even before. You always want to have a little extra left because here's what's going to happen. In the time where you have an emergency at home and you have to get to the airport or or drive to Las Vegas or whatever you have to do to meet family, friends, whatever that process is like, you may not have time to stop for fuel. You may not have time to stop at an ATM machine. Heck, maybe maybe they're out of money because of a, a crisis or electricity. So the idea of you being self-sufficient is not new. Most of us have, have heard this from the time we were young. So what does that mean then for your retirement life? Look, there's a lot of folks on, on radio and TV and, and great magazines, and they're great. Some of them are amazing advisors. Their job is to do different things, I guess. But let's be clear. My job is to not make you rich. Any professional advisor, any financial professional that tells you they're going to make you rich, first I want you is to meet their parents. Say, hey, I'd like to meet your mom and dad. Excuse me? Now, of course, if they're still with us, because if he says or she says they can make you rich, they better have made their parents rich before they even talked about you. If not, they're a son of a gun. And I would say just avoid him anyway, because if they don't take care of their parents, that's a problem. If they have the secret, they told you they have the secret. Second, okay, let's say their parents are wealthy. Next, I want to talk to you. Hey, so you must be wealthy then. Now let's talk about making me wealthy because I'm the third in line of importance in that story. You better have taken care of your mom and dad. You better take care of yourself. Then you take care of me. So when I tell you I'm not, my job is to not make you rich. Let's be focused on something. What is it then? It's to keep you from being broke. You see every financial professional that says they're going to make you rich. They gamble with your money because if, if you give a professional, a financial professional your money and they go buy lotto tickets, great. Maybe he or she's going to make you rich. If you can remember back, some of you may not be old enough. But there was a huge national story. It was when the California lottery first came out. And there was a man who took a second mortgage on his house. I believe it was $190,000. And guess what he did with it? He was convinced. Convinced he was going to win the lottery. Went and, and bought 190,000 tickets. And where the story comes in, is it videotapes him and his wife and his family packing up the car and and the the moving truck as they had to leave the house. Now, I get it. As men, our job is strong uh, in our family. We're we're an example, provider, work hard. We stand at the tip of the spear. We take the shots. I get it. But when you look for an easy way out, eh, I I think we saw the results. So why i 'm telling you this is because I think some storms are coming around the corner. I think uh winter is coming there's a very small percentage ten or fifteen percent. but if you don 't think sacramento and and New York City or San Francisco and New York City, if you don't think they're controlling this country, you've got another thing coming let let's focus on one thing. How did they do so far listen hey i'm a show me some proof right i've been in the financial business. This is my 25th year. June will be 25 years. Prior to that, I was a trader for about 10 years. In that period of time uh, of that first 10 years, I got scammed and they took a lot of my money, almost all of it. And I had to start over. Now, you have that instinct. You know something is wrong. When I got scammed, I'll tell you what, my, I was in my mid-20s and my wife said, oh, I don't like that guy. He, he's a, he, there's something about him I don't like. I don't want him in our family. I said, oh, no, no, listen, look at me, how, tall, how strong and tough, and look at how smart I am. And she said, okay, if, if that's what you think. And of course, we lost it. I lost it. And when I got scammed and had to come back and tell her, hey, guys, I'm so, uh, you know, family, so sorry. And, and I sat with my wife and I said, you were right. This guy took our money. And so, you know, a lot of ladies, you guys are thinking, well, I, sh- I would have thrown a shoe at him, called them a name. And here's what she did. She kind of was quiet for a second. And just like a child who did something wrong and you're waiting for your punishment, I'm sitting there waiting for her to say something. She kind of looks up in the corner and then looks back down and looks up and she said, well, it's a good thing it happened when we're young. I went, w- what? She said, yeah, we can learn from this and we can rebuild. Now. It wasn't until just a few years ago, which by the way, this is my 30th year of marriage. So I would say I was probably married 22, 23 years. And I asked her, I said, you know, remember that time and remember this. And, and, uh, you know, we have much different success today. Great success today. Wonderful family. But I remembered that. And I said to myself, Hey, you know, honey, why did, why did you not get mad at me? Yell at me, call me a name, throw some, why, why didn't you do that? And she looked at me and she was puzzled. And she said, well, why would I do that? We're on the same team. My job is to never beat up my own team. That's silly. She said, our job is to work together. And of course, if I didn't love her enough before that, after that, I'm like, oh my gosh, is she the perfect person for me? Because that mindset, that belief in you and your family is very key. So you know that instinct. Women, you guys call it women's intuition. I think everybody has it. Not everybody listens to it. And I think the reason it, it's called women's intuition is because maybe they listen to it a little bit more than we do. And so when this process of craziness is happening, when you're letting San Francisco and New York run this country and you're trying to figure out how you're going to retire safely and you've put all of your, your financial life with a profe- financial professional who promises to make you rich, and then when the market goes up, smugly they turn to you and say, see... Look at what I did for you. And when you made 25% and they take their 2% commission, you say, that's a pretty good deal. Listen, I want you to know I would do that deal. I'll give you my money. You give me 25%. I'll give you back 2 I'll do that deal all day long. But that's not the point, right? Because they take the fee when the market goes down. They lose your money and get paid. And they'll even say things which drives me crazy. Well, I do better when you do better. Yeah, but when I do worse, you still make a living. When you stink, at you stink at your job, they still pay you. When you should be fired, you are taking money from my family. I cannot go backwards. I can't go back and say, hey, I sacrificed for my daughter's you know softball game or my kid's soccer tournament. I worked overtime. I had to work out of town for that extra money that I put and I saved for our future. But don't worry, financial professional. While you're in the Bahamas, I know you still got paid. Well, you're on the golf course on Wednesday. You got paid. And meanwhile, I'm on this treadmill. What? How did you think that was okay? Your instincts have told you otherwise. You knew the whole time that this was probably not a good deal. But listen, they proved themselves because the first 10 minutes, it worked. And along that journey, you said to yourself, well, my instincts must have been wrong. I must not have been, eh. In tune with it. I'm telling you, I think something is wrong. I think the market is running in a direction that you might say to yourself, I'm going to take some of those profits. I'm going to take them off the table. I'm going to move some money from my left pocket to my right pocket. I'm going to go from risk to safety because in your life, you've probably created a formula. You say, listen, if we have this much money, when I retire, I'm good. Or I am retired. I just don't want to lose everything. Because as you and your family continue to save and plan for retirement, you've got to look at something. And one of those is very key. How much do you need to live? Food, shelter, clothing, insurance. What's the basics? Tom Henya is a great author and a financial professional. I've had him on my shows a few times. By the way, this is right around number 3,000 of our radio shows. So it's nice nice to... uh, to kind of be on here and have great people listening. And in this journey, Tom Haino was one of our guests. Paychecks to pay, uh, playchecks. I'll say that again. Paychecks to playchecks. Meaning a lot of people have paychecks. Social security, pension, you've just squeaking by. Then what? For the next 20 years of retirement, you sit in your room and, in a rocking chair and wait for the, the you know $3 buffet or something? Or you, or you cut coupons, or life is about discounts and early bird specials. Listen, if that's where you are, I'm okay with it. But it's not where you have to be. You see the difference? Want to be? Have to be. So you can create an opportunity for you and your family to say, listen, I have my food, shelter, clothing taken care of, and I want to have a little bit of risk. I want to have a little bit off to the side. I want to take a chance with a little bit of money. I'm okay with that. I don't think you should put it all in safety. Listen, when we're talking about fixed or fixed indexed annuities, those are the products that we use. You could also use CDs at banks, savings account at banks. Because those two types of institutions, banking and now credit unions and insurance companies, those two institutions have safety protection guarantees. You will not hit a home run. You're not going to get twenty percent returns. And God forbid if a CD ever ever does ten or fifteen percent return, that just means inflation. Is say, can you say Jimmy Carter? Right? Can you can you say uh, inflation and in a person who is probably a wonderful human being? I think he still teaches Sunday school. He's a good guy. Lousy president. Right? I, I guess we can use this as an amazing contrast. Uh, Jimmy Carter, as an individual, might be a wonderful human being, a great person, somebody you want to you know have dinner with, and and a Bible study is a good man, lousy president. You might compare him to our current president, soon to be maybe past president, who may not be the kind of guy that you would say, I I want to be friends with him. I didn't hire a president to be friend. I didn't hire my neighbor or a gentleman that's going to sit on the board with me at, at my nonprofits. That's not what I'm... I hired a president. Let's be clear for a minute. Right, you're supposed to like everybody when you go eat at, at your, your famous uh, fast food restaurant. You you like the president of that company? Are you buddies with him or her? Are you okay that they cheated on their spouse or they lie on their taxes? Or in fact, I think, I think, I think I saw him speed the other day to work. Is, is that kind of, or are you just going to go and say, hey, I like the food, fast food. I like the restaurant. I'm going to have a dinner. You think you're supposed to go along and be, fr- listen, you need to know this, guys. You hired a president to fix the country. Did an amazing job, in fact. Okay, I I get it you don't like him. Some of you. Especially, I guess, what do they say? Women, married women, certain age. Okay, whatever. But did he provide a safer world for you? Did he bring your, your, your children that are in the military home from overseas and not create a war? I think it's the first time in our history as a nation, that a president in his first term did not have a, a military conflict where thousands of soldiers went overseas, Marine or, or Air Force, to go fight something. Right? I, I mean, we had Bosnia, we had uh, Grenada, we had um, Desert Storm 1 and 2, and and uh, the War on Terror. and I guess you can keep going back and back. You had the failed mission from a wonderful, great human being called Jimmy Carter— when he tried to rescue the Iranian hostages, right? Instead, he turned tail and ran. I think that's going to be the future. Added in there, the puppets. Because who do you see is the top echelon of this president's advisory staff? Big tech. Google, Facebook, Twitter, and others that some of you don't even know about that, that handle behind the scenes. These people are on the advisory board. These people are going to ensure that President and his party probably never get to leave office again. If you want to, want to see what the, the push from California has done to the rest of the country, just look at California. It isn't a secret. We have a, they have a one-party system. Supermajority in the Senate, uh, the, the state Senate and the state assembly. That means they don't even need a Republican. To, they don't even need to talk to you. Forget a Republican in name only. They don't even talk to those people. And we know some of them. If you think in the red states, states of Utah, Idaho, Texas, if you think that this migration of liberal Californians are coming your way and they're going to, quote, do the right thing, Let's be clear on this. They've messed up their state. Ask them who they blame. If they blame uh, the, the progressives, then you got a shot at converting them. But if they blame Ronald Reagan as governor from 1960-something, about 2,100 people a day leave the state of California. Yeah, 2,100, I think it's 76 to be exact. 2,100 people on average leave California Per day. And you're going to say, yeah, I see them right down on Bluff Street or I see them over here on, on uh, the, the Vegas Strip or, or Gurley down in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of them, most of them are the conservatives. So the dilution of California being, you know, any shot at being uh, switched back into a republic, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see challenges down the road. But you're going to have to manage your personal finances. 888-99-RETIRE. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three 997 3847 99 retire That's how you get a hold of us. Um, the best ch- shot, in my opinion, for you is to, to say, how do I take some or part of my retirement money, keep it safe and protected? I want to go forward. Never want to go backward. I'm okay with making reasonable rates of return, maybe keeping up with inflation, maybe even beating inflation sometimes. So what is that, half or more? I'm going to give you a rule that we follow so that you have a chance to kind of see what the professionals live off of. I'm going to give you a rule that we follow so that you have a chance to see three or four or five different options so that you don't go too far down the road of risk. So you don't go too far down the road of safety. So there are formulas. So after the bottom of the hour, when you stay with us, we're going to get into those formulas, tell you how do you know if you have too much risk? How do you know if you have too much safety? Because both of those things are possible. And then as you kind of uh, of learn from this, wherever you are in the city, just realize this. Usually the most, I guess the strongest advocate, if you are, let, let me back up. If you are a smoker and then you become a non-smoker, you're usually the biggest advocate for non-smoking, right? You're the, you're the most vocal. You, you dislike smoking even more. And if you had a challenge with drinking and now and an alcoholic and now you stop drinking, usually you're that person who's on fire, who, who has a passion for it. So whatever the vice is that at one time maybe got a hold of you or whatever the the, the habit or the problem, when you are the other side of it, you're pretty much kind of an advocate that is a little bit stronger than we think. So you and your family have to sit down and ask. With these folks fleeing California, if they are the conservatives that are leaving, you have to ask yourself, these people are going to warn you. And when I say warn you, I don't mean, hey, you know, they're going to come and raise the prices of your houses. Oh, darn it. No, let me be clear. If you give them an inch, they will take a mile. If they come to your city or your state, the liberal Californians, and they're going into Texas and and some of the traditionally red states, if you get there and you see them, do not give them an inch. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I don't mean liberals where free speech is a value because you're clear. In progressiveness, the furthest left, the enemy of liberals it's not Republicans or conservatives. The enemy of liberals are progressives. Their job is to put you in a box, to call you your race, your color, your creed, your sex. Right? It, don't judge me for something I can't control. Don't take something from me for something I can't control. And don't give something to me for something I can't control. Martin Luther King said it best. You know, he would be an enemy of progressives today. He would be an enemy of Kamala Harris. He would be an enemy of Joe Biden. Because he said, judge me by the content of my character. We are one race, the human race. Now, if you think that the progressives, I don't mean liberals. And I think you have to kind of learn the difference between the two. I disagree a lot with liberals. But not when it comes to free speech. I think the idea of... Let's be clear on this. I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Remember that? Remember that? I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Though that value, that those ideas of individuality is different. Because together we are here by, based on values, not based on a shared language or a shared culture or shared... Because people come from all over the world. Legal immigrants... Are the greatest advocate for freedom, right? In my smoker anti smoker story. You want to know what's coming down the pipe? Look at Californians, conservatives that have left. Better yet, look at uh, Soviet citizens that have left the Soviet Union that's, that fled communism or Cuba or Venezuela, Pol Pot in, uh, in uh, Cambodia, Allende in Chile. Should I go on? Ask those people what it was like to live under progressive values. They will tell you, they will stand at the tip of the spear with you. But if you think that you're going to give them an inch and that and that satisfies them, just look at the way these clowns are running DC right now. Just look. It's a small percentage of them. It's the lack of courage that drives drives the rest down that division. It's the lack of courage. And it's a lack of church, courage from your bishops, from your pastors. It's a lack of courage from your, from your priests. It's a lack of courage from you as a man in your family and the woman in your family. If you think the idea is let's compromise with liberals, I'm with you. But if you think the idea is let's compromise with communists, Marxists, socialists, progressives, mm, I'd say No. We tried that in California. Look at San Francisco. We tried that in New York City. Look at the empty streets on Fifth Avenue. Right? I mean, look, you want to see the poster boy, girl, man that lacks courage? Let's try Governor Cuomo. The poster boy that lacks courage? Let's try Governor Newsom. <laughs> poster boy that lacks courage? At the tip of that uh, that pyramid is Bill de Blasio and his partner, Joe Biden. Maybe we have to call him president. I'll respect the office, just like they should have respected the office. But you can't give an inch. Stay with me when we come back. We're going to get into the values, the formula, the way that you can decide if you have too much risk or too much safety. I'm Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888 997 The phone number works all the time. Wherever you are, 888 99 retire. Arif Halaby, stay with me, financial and we'll be right back. Will help you live
0: the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arab has a plan for. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from
1: Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking power, with me. of Halabi, the total financial hour. Every week at this time, let talk about your family's finances. Of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, trying to figure out, uh, I guess, between the maze uh, of... Whatever, financial shows and books and TVs, how do you figure out what's right for you and not what's right for the uh, person giving you the advice? It doesn't mean they're bad people, right? If if I was to go to somebody and say, hey, listen, my car's making a noise. And they say, well, well, what does it do? I go, well, when I push the brakes, it squeaks, it makes a noise, it doesn't feel like it's working. They're going to say, no problem. We'll take a look at it. So then, if they take that car and they put it on the you know the, the lift, and then they start taking apart the transmission, what would you say? You'd say, uh, wait, "Wait a second! I said it was the brakes. Maybe you know." I'm listen. Hey, I'm not a mechanic, I'm not a mechanic. But but when I push the brakes, it makes a noise. You would you would ask, "Why are you inspecting this?" If I told you that was the problem, I even gave you evidence that that was the problem. Here's the reason, because if your brakes make a mistake, if you have a problem with your brakes, you take them to a brake expert. I don't want you to take your car to get a transmission worked on by somebody who works on brakes every day. So there's a difference when somebody says, I can do stocks, bonds, real estate, REITs, ticks, fleas, uh, uh, partnerships, uh, bonds that, that go up and, and you're like, "Whoa, dude, really? Wow. Okay. So it sounds like you're good at a lot of things. Yes we are. We've been around forever. Look at that logo. You can't you tell? You know, I'm I'm a partner in a firm that is enormous and we're we're part of the community and we've been here forever. You go, "Okay, wow, that's awesome. I'm so glad." So that's what you're good at. Yeah, we're good at all that stuff. Great. So what are you great at? Excuse me? Yeah, what are you great at? Cuz you said you're good at everything. But nobody can be great at everything. If your child's sick, And he needs to be treated. You don't take your child, who has a heart problem, to a podiatrist. Wait, they both wear a white coat. They both have a doctor in front of their name. right? You don't go to the brain surgeon if you have a foot problem. Yeah, but he's the expert. He's the best in what I... Yeah, but you don't need that. So a lot of people are paying for that... Expertise in an area, in a field in which they don't even need that service. They're paying for an expert in a field that isn't even related to their problem. If my car needs new brakes and I'm driving a, a, a Toyota, a Japanese car, it's a Toyota, I want somebody who fixes not just Japanese cars, but Toyotas. And not just Toyotas, but my make, model, year. I want my... An expert, somebody who does it every day, maybe every week, couple of times a week, I'll take that. You don't take your German car to somebody who works on Volvos, Swedish cars. You don't take your American car to somebody who works on Japanese cars. Are you getting my example, guys? Because a lot of you are nodding and saying, oh yeah, of course, if I get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, gosh darn it, Let's think about what you're doing because there is no go-backs. You see, it's a lot easier for you to make money, make mistakes, when you're in your 20s and 30s and even 40s. You can make some mistakes. But if you think you're going to make big financial decisions and make big financial choices in your 50s and 60s, and if you were wrong, you go, oh, well, I still have time. Uh, No, you don't. Time is very important to understand as the value that you don't have a lot of extra. So when you sit down and and take a look with a financial professional, you have to look at a couple of things. One of those is what am I doing with risk? How much risk am I willing to accept? Because if you say I'm willing to make between zero and let's say 12% per year, between zero and 12, if the market goes up three, you could make three. If the index goes up seven, you could earn seven. But if it goes up 12 and that's the cap, or that's that maximum, that's the most you're going to make. But Arif, what if the market does 20 or 30 or 40? You're not going to make it with me. That's that person over there. That's that risk over there that you could have won. That's right. If you put everything on red and spun the wheel and you won, you would have made much more money than I could ever give you. So, So that's fine. Just not going to happen from us right? The companies we work with, the ideas, the concepts are safety. It's protection of principle. So you've already built up your wealth. And I believe it was Warren Buffett. He said something pretty fascinating to me. He said, you know, people raise their hand out, what's the key to success? What's the secret to wealth? And, and one of those events, he said something pretty fascinating. He said, number one, the way that you are wealthy, your financial success is determined ready By the spouse that you chose. That's number one. Number two, the career that you chose. And number three, your habits. Those are the three things that he said are most important. Not buy this stock or you know buy pork pork bellies or sell you know commodities. None of that. He said something very simple, which is key. Remember, it's the choices. Don't judge me by my last name or where I grew up or the color of my skin. Forget that mess. That's a progressive value, right? If you run around and you're offended every time somebody says something, that's a you problem. That's not my problem. Listen, if I say the same thing in a room full of 10 people and three are offended, guess whose problem it is? It's those three. They can say, wow, he didn't mean it, or yes, he did, and I don't want to work with that guy, or yes, he did, and he's a son of a gun, and I'm, I don't want him in, okay, you could do all, that's choice, that's wonderful, that's a feeling that turns into an action, and it's up to you. You want to work with me? <laughs> it's great. If, you, if your feelings are hurt because somebody looks at you funny or says a name or, or calls you a, 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 a he instead of a them, right, progressive values, or they, what is it, them, they, that, or there or something? You guys are, are letting that start to control and manipulate you because you're good people and you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I love it because you're a good person and you want to, you know, not make people uncomfortable. I get it. Wonderful. But that is not the current world we live in. The current world we live in, when you don't, quote, make them feel uncomfortable before you know it, you're like Target. Target stores said men can change in women's dressing rooms. Target stores said men can go in the bathrooms of women in their stores because they didn't want to hurt 0.1% or 0.05% or whatever the number is of the population that that is transsexual or transgender or whatever the, the issue was at the moment. Of course you have compassion for every human being. But if you're going to make financial decisions, group decisions, massive uh, uh, national or statewide decisions, and you're going to make it based on a, a 1% or 5% of the population, y- you have to check yourself because that's not a little thing. That's a very, very bad thing. Can you say San Francisco? Can you say uh, grocery stores or, or big fancy coffee shops? right, where you pay your $4 latte, where they let you wear a Black Lives Matter mask, but heaven forbid you wear a Blue Lives Matter mask. You could wear Biden-Harris t-shirt, but you couldn't wear a Trump-Pence t-shirt to work. Right? I mean, because it hurt somebody's feelings because they were triggered? You guys, that's a you problem. There's great psychologists that can help you. So you have to build your financial life not based on what some few wacky people out of New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles. You have to build your financial life on sound principles that, that are always going to be there. Let me ready for the secret. Warren Buffett gave you his, uh, Warren Buffett, he gave you his. Eric Halaby, eh, I'm going to give you mine. One plus one is two. It doesn't matter how you feel. If you feel like one plus one is four, or let me guess, you're going to carry a sign on the corner and you're going to, and you're going to be there with a bunch of, and you're going to yell and scream. One plus one is nine. It's nine. Does it change math? What if you yell in my face? What if I try to explain to you? No, no, no. Here, let me show you a calculator or let me use pencils like we did in the first grade. Here's pencils. Let's add them together. How many do you, and I try and you yell and scream and then you punch and you yell and you throw things. And you're dressed in all black and you're going to break windows just to make sure it's nine. I said it's nine. You see, that is what you are allowing in your schools. Because here's how they permeate your system. Here's how they permeate our system and get into the, the depths of making it so that one plus one could possibly be nine. Are you ready? They start with your school board. They start with your school board people that don't care their kids have grown up they've graduated they move on uh, the the crazies the progressives that say it's okay to call girls boys and boys girls and and to, to let kids decide their gender and we're not gonna we're not gonna call them he or sh- that starts at the school board then you have to protect your city council you have to protect those the the workers that never go away right the government workers that are there the people that are inside the Right, that come and go after the president comes and goes, the governor comes and goes, the mayor comes and goes. The, the workers that are there for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, we call them career employees. Right, The political, the elected ones, they come and go. Okay, that happens. That's, that's what happens. You're allowed to elect them. You're allowed to have somebody else come. You're allowed to change your ideas, your minds. That's fine. But when we found out that in the president's cabinet and in the Pentagon, they were purposely lying to him about troop deployments, for example, in Syria, they said, oh, we had less than 600 people, less than 200 people. Turns out they had thousands. Pentagon executive about uh, maybe a month and a half ago came out and said, hey, you know what? We were lying to the president the whole time. I kind of feel bad about it. But uh, we told him what he wanted to hear. Okay, isn't that sedition? Isn't that traitor? Isn't that at least termination and a, rev- a revocation of your pension? And yet, people, oh well, it's for it's for progressive reasons, so it's okay. It's not a problem. It's it's all right. Doesn't hurt my feelings. Because remember, in math, it just is. There's no feelings, and the progressives are going to try to get into your into into your world, into your life, into the news media, and tell you and explain to you that one plus one can be nine. And if you don't think so, if you don't think it's at least possible, you must be, what is it, ready? We're going to call it the R word. You must be a racist. Bigot. Right? You were sexist for a while, the Me Too movement. I kind of feel bad for them. Because they were just getting started and they got, I don't know, ready? (laughs) They got trumped. They got trumped by the Antifa and the BLM group and those poor people, right? Oh, oh. me too. was just like a flash in the pan. It was here for a minute and gone. When you allow the state of California to decide how many people and what type of people sit on your board, not qualifications, but remember something you can't control. It's very simple. I can't control if I'm a man or a woman. God decided that. And then you say in order to be a publicly traded company and exist in the state of California and you have five members on your board of directors, one of them has to be a female. Listen, I'm okay if all of them are female, but it's not the government's job that the governor Newsom has never written a paycheck in his life. He's never signed the, the front of any check. He is Nancy Pelosi's, I don't know, nephew right? Uh, You you know that. We had problems where the progressives are permeating your logic, your basic everyday sense. If you want to have risk in your life, you need to go back to the basics and say, how much risk? What am I okay with? Where do I think the line should be drawn? I'm willing to lose half of what percentage of money or a third of what percentage of my money. Okay, grab your pen and paper. It's called the rule of 100. You go through and you look at your financial life. You take your age and you minus 100. That's the amount of risk that you have in your portfolio. A good example. I had a lady I spoke with last week. A client comes in. She's 61 years old. Never been married. No children. She has one sibling that lives on the other side of the country. She speaks to him a few times a year. Some friends but no other close family members. So immediately to me, I immediately think I have to protect her and her income. I have to kind of surround her with some protections and guarantees because she doesn't have a daughter that's going to take care of her. She can't move in to, to the granny flat with her son. She can't. She's not going to have her husband work two jobs to take care of her. We. She's taking care of herself and I have to make sure that is in place. So she had 75% of her money at risk Twenty five percent safe. So I said, okay, we'll call her Mary. I said, okay, Mary, if that's your financial life, what happens if seventy five percent what happens if you lose half of that? Are you still gonna be okay? Well, no, Eric. I'm gonna retire in four, five, six years, seven years at the most. How do I make sure that I have enough money for retirement? So we said, okay, what do you need to live on? So we looked at her income. We looked at the expenses food, shelter, clothing, remember those basics. And we said, let's build a a reliable retirement income stream to never run out of money to care for those things. And then we added a little bit of inflation protection on top of that. We did a guess at 3%. You can come up with whatever number you want. We said, okay, let's build a little bit of inflation protection. Okay, now we looked at it. And in her particular case, remember my rule of 100, you took 60 she was 61, but we just used 60, 60% safe, 40% can be at risk. So we use that as the, the baseline. So you want to have a little bit more risk, a little, little bit less risk. You want to be a little bit more on the safe side, a little bit more. If she was somebody that was going to inherit an apartment building, for example, that was paid off and had great cash flow, and she said, but Eric, if I'm willing to take more risk, I would be all in. Yeah, because you have another asset. You have the safety of... Rental property income on a mortgage that's down to zero, you have another source of financial well being. So then I'm okay with that. If you want to say, instead of 60 40, I want to go 50 50, have half of my money safe, half of my money risk, because I have this apartment building that's going to give me three or four or 5,000 a month cash flow. I'm good with that. The problem comes in when, and for whatever reason, we seem to have a lot uh, of these folks lately, which are. Single women, never been married, and no children. For whatever reason, it just seems to be kind of the, the, the trend, the moment, and they're in their 60s or 70s or late 50s, 60s, right? That, that's the, the age range. So we know, and they've already uh, uh, always lived this way, they've always protected themselves. So that's what we do. Our job is to come in, take care of the safer money, You want to have risk? We find a great risk person, right? I'm the brakes guy. I'm the guy who fixes your brakes. You want to have a transmission done? We find a good transmission person. Any financial professional that says, we can do everything, treat or think of them the same as you would for your car. We can do everything. We can put on windshield wipers, your brakes, your transmission. By the way, did you need a new engine? And I can put in the best fuel tank ever. And you say, well, gosh, that's great. You've been in business forever. That logo is pretty, pretty impressive. My gosh, you have, a, and your office building, that, is that real marble on the floor? Okay, so what does all of that have to do with protecting me? So you look at it and you say, okay, I'm willing to accept some risk, but I better make sure that I have the right players on the team. A good pitcher cannot be a great outfielder. They are different human beings. I'm hoping that, that these metaphors kind of bring it home for you so that you get an idea that in your financial life, there isn't a difference. You do it with your medical, you do it with your automobile, you do it when you watch your sports teams. Why don't you do it with your financial life? I think it's because they have some pretty darn amazing marketing, some incredible websites and tools and tricks and, and sayings, and we could do everything, and what we do is we manage and we we manage it. And I go, okay, great. So you manage my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, ma- so you So you manage my financial portfolio? Yes, we do. Okay. So when I called the other day and they said you were out, who was watching my money? O- o- what do you mean? Well, listen, I, I called. Uh, you better not take a lunch break. But you happened to be off for two days. The market was open. My money was at risk. It was out there. It's running around. It's like having a daycare and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the store. Uh, the kids can take care of themselves. I know they're all uh, you know, five-year-olds, kindergartners. Let them play. The fence is there. I got a fence. It's about three foot high. There's nothing else that can happen. Is there really? You would never trust your child to a daycare where they say that adults are going to the grocery store and while they're out, they're going to grab some lunch. But you trust your financial life to somebody who says, oh, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to go home early. I'm going to stay late. And when because this is what they tell you, they didn't tell me. They tell you, "Hey, uh, we manage your financial life, and that's why you pay us one and a half percent or two percent." Okay. Now, when you dig deep, this is what they ultimately say. They will say this. Well, Arif, here's what we do. We actually have a system, and it's a, a algorithm. And it's inside of the computers with the software program. And there's people in New York and Chicago and they're managing it. And you go, ah, so I feel so much better now. All right. I thought everything, I thought you were managing it. That's why I know you. I like you. I trust you. So who, so then I get it. So you've hired those people to go out and manage it. Okay. I got it. So then why am I paying you again? What? So that you can fill out the application name, address, social security number. So, you were paid one, one and a half percent to act like a, what, a secretary, a scribe, uh, somebody who's filling out the applications. Where's my money going? I'm paying for you to do something, and somebody else is doing it. They don't know me. They don't like me. They don't smile at me. I mean, they don't hate me, but. So, go back to my original assumption. If we have a wave of progressive ideas and values coming in and you trust your instincts that something is wrong somewhere, then you need to protect your family. But it also includes protecting some of your assets, some of your money, some of your retirement. Because in in Washington or in Denver or in Salt Lake or in Sacramento or New York, it doesn't matter, guys. Some government official who gets paid a check whether or not quote he's essential, I mean, can, they're going to make decisions on whether or not you have a financial future. I guess what they say sorry and you write the check. They say sorry and you're the person who's supposed to, uh, I don't know what, pay for their sick time. And by the way, I don't know if you know, but those government officials, amazing health care, great health care, and their pensions, woo, great. So while part of 2020 was uh, designed to put you in your place as a non-essential human being, oh no, you're a good person. Don't worry, the government will care. So you get to decide if I'm essential or not. I'm all right. If, if we were in this together, if you said we're in it together, I'm, I'm with you. COVID is a bad thing. It's nasty. I get it. It's a, it's a, oh, yeah. Then there's no reason in the world you guys should have been getting a paycheck. Mr. Health Department people. There's no reason in the world you should be getting a paycheck, government employees. Fire department, police department. I'm all for that. As a retired Los Angeles police officer, I get it. I retired. My life was there. I served. Okay. But there's no reason that your family's financial life should be subject to somebody who thinks they know everything. Whether it's the government officials in Washington, whether it is your family being uh, deemed unnecessary or, or not essential, trust your gut. Go back to that beginning. Go back to that time when you had a chance to see, you know, I like this person or I don't. Well, my wife had an opinion about people. She's never been wrong. Never. I've known her since she was 19 years old. Never. Never. She's not somebody that runs around, I like you, I don't like you, I like you, I don't like you. She's not that kind of a person. But when she does have an opinion, she's never been incorrect. So as a wise husband, (laughs) it's only taken me a little while to figure that out. I think you and your family have those same gut instincts. Trust yourself. Be very careful and cautious. Your family's future. You cannot go backwards and make this money again. Somebody has to stand up for you. If it's us, it'd be my, pl- my pleasure and my honor. 888 retire 888 888-99-RETIRE. Great to have you. Thanks for listening. Anytime you have a question, I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour.